We measure talk speed as well. And when people deal with objections, the average uh, technician or comfort advisor, what they do is they accelerate their talk speed. So they were talking, you know, maybe like on 150 words per minute and they go to like 180, they increase their talk speed significantly and their patience goes down. And so then, and then they start trying to debate the objection. It's like, oh, the price is too high. Well, you know, you consider this, you consider that, you say energy efficiency, all this dust that you're breathing in. It's like dead skin cells and I start talking. The top performers, what they do is they ask an open-ended question. What do you mean the price is too high? <laughs> Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse to lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you again and looking forward to a really cool and innovative discussion today about Rilla Voice. Sebastian Jimenez is joining us today to talk about what AI could do for you in a service truck. It's going to be an innovative and exciting conversation about what is not only in the future, but is right now. Before we jump into that conversation, though, Brian and I are going to have some of our own innovation to discuss, and we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. Leaders think and talk about solutions. Followers think and talk about problems. Brian Tracy. That's a perfect summary of leadership right there. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, perfect. And it's not just uh, leadership. It's like who you want to be around, you know? You're right, man. Because like, you know, those people that walk around talking about problems and you know, those people that walk around not talking about problems because they're just solving things. And it's, it's pretty obvious who I want to be hanging out with. Yeah, but it's pretty obvious who we're going to be on this episode today, right? <laughs> Talking about we're going problems. to be the followers. Yeah, we're going to <laughs> we're going to push some problems. Uh, as I told Sebastian, uh, the uh, CEO founder of Rilla Voice, uh, don't expect this to be a commercial for Rilla. Like, if, if you. <laughs> I want him to come on the show because of some conversations with some some uh, buddies in the trades who are who are having wild success with this. But I was like, you know, it's not a commercial. We are going to, in in whatever way we see fit, like not trying to be jerks about it, but just making sure that questions get answered. Because I talked to some of my team, my new team here in Phoenix, about this yesterday. And the feedback I got from them was the same I had myself, which is, yeah, I, as a tech, don't think I want my conversations being listened to by management. I, as a client, don't want this tech in my home running, scurrying off back to the office with our whole conversation and recording of my home, you know. And then I, as a manager, am not really comfortable telling our clients that if they choose us, they're going to have their conversations recorded versus choosing our competitor and not having that. So, um, I do. I definitely want to, you know, push back as much as we can and and see if he has answers for these questions, which I'm thinking he will. Because if you get if you get uh, 
some of the companies that I know he has on board, you've probably answered these questions in a pretty significant way. So hopefully we get some good, uh, you know, objection rebuttal stuff out of that because that's my favorite part of the show. Well, thanks for dropping some uh, clues there about what we'll be talking about, Brian. Uh, just enough to pique the interest, but not enough to fully understand. You will have to listen to this entire episode. We know you out there, you people that just listen to our intros. We appreciate and love you, but there is good content after we stop talking. You you think there are people out there who only listen to us talking and not the guest? You I see mean, the difference between somebody with wildly <laughs> high self-esteem and someone like myself who's just always on a mission to prove the naysayers that probably don't even exist wrong? <laughs> I don't think anyone listens to the intro. That's why I'm just like, whatever. We'll just say whatever we want, buddy. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> so I did want to talk quickly about uh, the Pantheon event that Service Titan just held here recently in what was it? Tw September, 2023. I'm, I'm starting to say dates with years now because somebody will mention like a show, an episode from like two and a half years ago. And I'll go back and listen to it real quick. And, and one of us will say something like, yeah, you know, that thing that happened last month. And I'm like, wait, I don't even know when this episode was, but what year are we in? And is that, like, I'll is have to that check. Uh, before or after you die of embarrassment from what our earlier recordings were like? Oh, God, so embarrassing. Like the audio was trash. We, we, would, we would talk really low like this, you know, like we were nervous. And at that time, we were just sitting in the basement of the shop, like right across from each other. And it's funny because if you think about us walking in when we record, we're just all loud and jovial and cracking jokes and whatever. And then the second we get on the show, we'd sound like this. And then Late the second night we, FM second radio, we, <laughs> DJ voice. second we close the iPads, we go back to being ourselves. You know, it's funny, <laughs> like how nerves just take over, like they just do something different. But um, I saw a video that Shreya from Service MVP posted on Facebook, and it's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, not thrilled that I missed this, you know, but where my life is right now no way i was making that next year hoping to be there but no way i was making that right here right now so shreya posted a video that was awesome it was ken goodrich just like kind of randomly walking up to gary v who clearly had just done a talk but was just sitting on the stage and and you know the crowd was gone but there were just a handful of people standing there and ken goodrich walked up to just ask gary v he said something, I'm going to butcher this because it was four minutes long, but he said, um, you know, there are, with all the private equity money in our space now, there are nine and even 10 digit companies out here now, you know, billion dollar companies out here now. And your small operator, just startup company has no shot of competing and marketing with a nine figure company, you know, a, a $800 million company. And he said, your, your top 100 markets are completely saturated in terms of standard marketing. And it's, you know, I'm out here in Phoenix, which is probably top three. I would say it's pretty saturated with the, with the big dogs. And he said, how does a smaller operator move the needle, make a dent in a market like that? 
And you know, Gary Vee's the perfect guy to ask. And I don't know. I I actually wanted to talk to Ken about this before we talked about it on here. I shot him a text a couple days ago uh, and said, would you want to chat real quick? And he's like, absolutely. And I said, all right, give me a call before, you know, Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, because that's when we record. And he said, okay. <laughs> and then last <laughs> night we're sitting at dinner, uh, Mike Brewer and some folks and I are sitting at dinner and he texts me in very Ken Goodrich fashion, call me tomorrow. <laughs> that was the whole text and i'm just like you know i could i could swing back with a uh any time in particular but i wouldn't get a response so <laughs> i know you just with ken is like his time is is much more taken than mine and uh that's all the text you're gonna get out of him tonight most likely so i called him at like i don't know four o'clock this afternoon and he texted me right back and said uh I'll call you back in a little bit. And I figured it's going to be after the show wraps up. So I wanted to get his take on Gary's answer because that's not on the video. But he asked Gary V, Gary Vandercheck, for for those who don't know, uh, marketing, branding, genius, probably the best out there at it or, or among the best out there. And he said, you know, he asked that question and Gary V said, I mean, it was three minutes of, of uh, maybe a little bit of rambling, but at the end of it, he said, if you look at a, at the mayoral races and the Senate, senator races and the lower level, not presidents, but lower level political campaigns of, you know, nine of the last 10 upsets, like vast major upsets that happened were because the very unknown person just put a storm of social media campaign out there and part of what ken said that i liked was he said how does how does one attack this from a guerrilla marketing standpoint and that guerrilla marketing just meaning like you don't have the money to spend like you've got to figure it out other ways and, and there's a great book called guerrilla marketing although i don't know how updated it is now when with the uh internet and social media space but worth checking out either way but he, uh, Gary said, if you look at the last nine of the 10 campaigns that, that have shocked the world at a local level, it's all because of the power of social media and the, the uh, power wielded by that person's campaign people to get on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And what are the other ones? I don't know. LinkedIn. These crazy kids are using these days. Yeah. And all post the kids these. are using LinkedIn. <laughs> and post these videos short videos and pics and and just connect with people and he said you know essentially why would your space in in hvac plumbing electrical whatever else is out there why would that be any different it's the exact same if you want to attack the big dogs you're gonna have to go around them you're not gonna market with them you know um, so get on social media and create a following and create a presence. And yeah, it takes time. There's no switch to flip, but the time's going to pass anyway. Right. So start doing it now. But anyway, it was a great, you know, to me, it was a great, uh, conversation. It was like two legends, one of our industry and one of the social media industry. And, and they're just standing there talking like that. And it reminded me of how 
freaking much I love these conventions and conferences and and there's people in our space right now that just do nothing but make these little posts on social media where they talk about how I don't know it's overrated and you just give your money away and you get nothing out of it I've seen a couple of these lately couldn't disagree more I I'm always tempted to jump on there and start banging away at the keyboard but I don't want to get into some social media spat because I don't know that just doesn't 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 suit me um but if you look at the lineup of who's going to be at these things and I don't know what you're what you're paying for these grand or something per person or five hundred dollars per person or fifteen or whatever it is and you see that people like look how old is Ken like sixty I would imagine he's in his sixties yeah yeah he's in his sixties and and all these legends of the industry like I don't know who's still doing them, Leland Smith and and all these guys and Dave Geiger and stuff of Horizon. But all these legends of the industry doing these things. You know, there was a time when you could go see Jim Abrams do these do these conventions and stuff. Well, that's not that's gone. That guy won't he's probably never going to do another one, right? It you've missed it. You you'll you'll not see that again. And I feel like while we have the opportunity, don't care how old or young you are, these events are happening and some of these guys are at these events and and ladies are at these the Ellen Roars of the world and all these other um, superstar ladies of the trades are at these events. And you have the opportunity to go see them before they just decide that they're done, which is going to happen. What do you care about a thousand dollars? Like, please, you're going to burn that so quickly on so much other stuff. And I'm talking to the owner, I'm talking to the manager, I'm talking to the tech. These events have something for everybody. Couldn't recommend them more. I'm, I can't tell you how much, outside of the brands that we're part of, and we have our authority brands, convention, convention, sorry, clockwork uh, convention coming up here, first week of November, 2023. Um, and they're fantastic every year. We get a lot of people complaining that this didn't happen and that didn't happen or this did happen. It should have been this. And I'm one of them. I, I vent as well. Um, but the overwhelming majority of what you get there is great stuff from superstar operators in your space. And you get to just go rub elbows and have conversations with these people and meet them and exchange info with them and then hit them up later. And they love sharing and People who are much bigger than you love giving you advice and people who are smaller than you really need your advice and love the fact that you're willing to share. You can't beat these things. I really don't understand the mindset of the people who are against these events. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to have words with Mark Dawson and Tommy Mello about this. <laughs> Tommy's freedom event is scheduled the same three days as the authority brands clockworks convention. I'm not happy about this because I want to be at both. <laughs> it's not fair. This life, you know what I mean? It's just not fair. But, uh, I talked to Tommy today and he still has tickets available. Uh, freedom event.com. Uh, I can't recommend that stuff enough. If you're part of clockworks, sorry, Tommy, you better be at the authority brands convention because that's where it's at. If you're a, you know, one of the tri brands or, um, shoot what 13 other authority brands companies now. Yeah, that's right. This is the cool event for us. Cause this is the one where all 13, 14, 15, whatever 
authority brands companies are together in in the one building what's the world world center marriott in That's orlando right. yep and it's a yeah it's a really fun event because we're meeting all these people who are in the home service trades but outside of our own space so from nate and i it's a blast especially nate who really really loves people and isn't an, an utter extrovert Yes, I, I couldn't have summed up my uh, personality better than that, Brian. <laughs> Speaking of things that uh, you recommend or that other people are recommending, it's time for that special time of the week where we highlight somebody who is recommending us. Who do we have today, Brian? Key to success in the trades. Five star. Been listening to this podcast for about a year, and it's truly a game changer. Focusing on key topics to keep you sharp and motivated to keep pushing toward the goals. Training is key for success. Full throttle till success is the uh, name of the person. Dude, you know when you, if you go to leave a review and a lot of people, which I see and love, leave their first review for the Waste No Day podcast on their Apple account. When you when you set your your name for that, not the title of the review, but it, like when you go to set the review and then it says you need to create a name and it has to be unique. If it's already taken, they won't let you do it. I don't think people realize that that's your name. <laughs> like, if you still have the same Apple ID 15 years from now, like your name is whatever you put in that first review you ever wrote. It sticks forever, which I think is really cool when people do something like full throttle till success. You'll be a grandpappy someday, you know, great grandfather, and you'll go to leave an Apple review uh, telling us how uh, Nate's grandkids are uh, doing a better Waste No Day episode than he ever did. <laughs> and you realize your name is still full throttle till success. Well, that makes me think of people who still have like Forever 16 at yahoo.com as their email address. <laughs> and it's just, I'm not changing it now. We're just living in this world. <laughs> oh, my wife and I were at... Uh, we were at um, Albertson's grocery store yesterday, and I can't remember the name of the band, but it was like such and such is back on a magazine in the uh, checkout aisle. Yeah, it's not like Backstreet. It, no, it wasn't in sync. One of those goofball boy Boys bands. In sync? Yeah, whatever. No, but it was one of them, and she pulls the thing up because we just see you could just see the headline, and it was like, oh goodness, they're all like fifty and overweight and have like bad facial hair, you know? But they. They they were on the cover of the magazine like they looked like they did when they were 17. <laughs> so it, was like, it was sad. Like, I hope they were living great lives and all that's behind them. But eek, you looked at them like she expected to see them, you know, and it was right. not them. Right. Um, uh, before we uh, move along here. Let me see it here. <clears throat> But hey, we really appreciate you guys taking your time to leave the review. And uh, it means it really means the world to me and Nate that not only do people get something out of this show, but that you're cool enough to jump on there, type us up a review. And I know we've, we've been beating on people for reviews lately, and we mean it. So do it for crying out loud. But even if you don't and you just listen or you're someone who is a little shyer about that kind of thing and just hits me up on Facebook Messenger. I appreciate it. It goes a long way, regardless of how we how we hear that it's had an impact on you. It it goes a long way for us wanting to uh, 
keep cornering ourselves off in a room in our home and uh, talking to each other from a couple thousand miles away in the evening. Right, buddy? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, jump on uh, Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Jump on Spotify and click the five star. I don't know what you can do in Pandora. and I think Audible, you can write reviews now, so that's pretty cool. You might have to listen to like two episodes before you can write a review in Audible, which probably means nobody's going to do it, but we'll appreciate it if you do. Um, before we hop to it, I was at, I had breakfast with Kyle Brewer, our office manager here and Josh Kelly and Laura Kelly Sunday before the Cardinals game. Sorry, before we went to the Cardinals game, uh, two technicians here and our significant others and me and watched the Cardinals pound on the Cowboys. What? I mean, that was brutal. It was like, bad. Number one the, defense in the country. Yeah. The Cowboys lost to the like, aren't the Cardinals ranked like twenty eighth in the league or something? Wow. Uh, not anymore, buddy. That's shocking. <laughs> I think they're calling the Cardinals them boys now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything against the Cowboys except you never stop hearing about them. And I'm just like, okay, that's enough. It's kind of like Notre Dame, I guess. Uh, but we were hanging out with Josh Kelly and he was they just they're just cool people. Like they have clover, grow with clover, which is really like a uh, springboard for smaller trade businesses, HVAC, plumbing, electrical and stuff. Um, but they're just cool people. Like I'm like, bro, if you, if you get time one of these days, you know, cause we live fairly close and could look over our marketing spend with me from last year. You know, I'm not a marketing guru, despite Tommy Mello saying I was on his show. I wasn't going to argue with the guy, but I'm, I don't know a whole lot about marketing. That's been Nate's job for the last nine years. Um, and he's like, yeah, we'll do lunch. And then he just texts me one day and he's like, why don't you just, we're going to do lunch on a Sunday. Why don't you just come over to the house? And we just went and sat at his kitchen table and for nothing guy just went through our, our stuff and his wife is, let's face it. She's probably smarter than he is. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, at least you and he have something in common then <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, and she just helped dig into the stuff and like show us where we needed to be focusing, where we need a little work. And, um, we started talking about selling, which is like inevitable for uh, a VP of sales guy and a guy who also, I don't know how much of Parker and sons selling systems, Josh helped put together himself. But I mean, the guy knows the selling game. Like that's all he did for a decade. I mean, he's, it's, it's right up his alley. And he was talking about this, this thing he came up with. He calls, I noticed most of why. And I'm like, I noticed most of why. And he's like, yeah. So we trained our techs to do, and I noticed most of why. Instead of just bringing up a product and saying, hey, you need to do this, which gets you what? Which would put somebody on a defensive position. Yeah, it's going to get you It's going to get you a closed off recipient, right? That person's going to close down a bit. If you're just walking up to a client and saying you should do this, you should stop because they're not going to. Like, it's not the way to go about it. So I noticed most of why, and I asked him, like, bro, can I talk about this on the show? Because this is awesome. And he's like, yeah, go for it. So we'll we'll say here in uh, Phoenix and in a lot of states, they have the softener loop, right? They have the copper loop 
next to the water heater where you can put a water softener so it doesn't go to the cold side of the kitchen faucet or the outside faucets because you don't want salt there. So you'd walk up and just say, I noticed you don't have a water softener on your loop. Most of the people we serve have a water softener on their loop. Would you mind sharing why you haven't gotten one yet? I love that. Dude, that's <laughs> it's such an easy, smooth way to slide up in there. As a, And I have ways I train it as well that are very soft and, and like kind of around the corner. But um, that, just rem- ha- only having to remember, I noticed most of why. I was like, man, that is just good. Like every aspect of, they do this for a living. Like they build companies. I thought they were like a digital marketing company. You? Uh, That's what I would have said, yes. Clover, right? Clover marketing is what I even call it. It's grow with Clover. Yeah, so look, I gave him a little crap because I'm like, bro, you were on our show and you didn't really explain what you do for a living. And then his (laughs) wife hit him in the arm and and, uh, started yelling at him with that Irish accent. But um, we're going to have Laura on the show soon and and just get to experience what a blast she is. The smart one. Yeah, <laughs> the smarter one. Look, Josh is a black belt in jujitsu, buddy. So let's chill out a little bit. All right? Well, he's thousands of miles away from me. So. He's he's two and zero in his MMA career. Like, <laughs> okay, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, let's let's chill out a little bit. Your Josh is plenty smart. All right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Yeah, I know it didn't fit in there anywhere, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to throw that out, and because he helped me so much for uh, multiple times now for. And, and ask nothing in return. Didn't ask me to talk about it on the show. I just wanted to give Clover a plug. They've got a catapult um, like course where they, they just work on your business with you. And then they've got like an elevate course. I forget. One is like the uh, elevated version, if you will. But check it out. Grow with Clover. If you're struggling in your business in some way, just hit them up, find, uh, go online, growwithclover.com possibly, or find Josh or Laura Kelly online and, or find me and I'll put you in contact with them. But, but they're, uh, they're pretty good at what they do. So check them out. Well, check them out indeed. And you're also going to want to check out our guest who we're going to be talking with today. He is the founder of Rilla Voice. So we're going to put Sebastian Jimenez in your passenger seat right now. Our guest today is Sebastian Jimenez. He is the CEO and founder of Rilla Voice, the leading speech analytics software for the home improvement industry. Backed by Bessemer Venture Partners, Rilla Voice is revolutionizing the trades with AI and is featured on Forbes Cloud 100, Wealthy Contractor, and Forbes Next 1000. Sebastian is a former stand-up comedian and loves bringing his infectious energy to every room that he's in. Thank Welcome you guys to the show, for having Sebastian. me on here. Super excited. Uh, I just watched a couple of episodes and uh, already learned a lot. So hopefully I can add some to that as well. So excited to be here. Yeah. Well, right. he, here we already don't believe you because nobody has watched watched any of our episodes I did, I did. except Ryan Veyu. Ryan Veyu has I, I, watched. I watched two. I, I watched two halves of the two episodes and at double speed. I swear, I, I do my research <laughs> before I show. Yeah. Uh, the Who are Polito, the guests? Uh, the thirty million guy 
And then, um, and it was the guy who went to 15 million from, from zero to 15 million. It was like, uh, some of your, I just went on YouTube and started clicking on the most recent ones. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Tony's yeah. So I, I just, I just saw the big numbers. I see you guys yeah. using the Mr. B strategy of like the big numbers on the, on the, on, on the little, on the thumb, thumbnail. Yeah. 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 That's the that Mr. B strategy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You I didn't know we were that sophisticated. The thumbnail and then people click more. I saw, I was like, I see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Is that you, Nate? Cause it's certainly not me, buddy. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's definitely on purpose. We know what we're All right, doing. Good, good. Yeah, bro. We're yeah, yeah we're basically hackers over here. We, yeah. we just do what we want with the internet. Yeah, I double as a, a hacker for Anon on the weekend. So you know, hackers anonymous over here. But anyway, Sebastian, we hope that you know what you are doing uh, in terms of helping us out today. We're gonna have a great conversation about some software that you are bringing to the home services industry. Uh, and we're going to dig into that and see what it's all about. But before we do, we always like to learn a little bit about our guest and where you come from, what your story is, and why on earth you decided to get yeah, involved in the Yeah, that's a great question, man. So um, so first thing is, uh, I'm from the Dominican Republic. People can't see me, but I and I don't I don't sound Dominican either. So people get listening. It's like, what? <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, Dominican Republic. So yeah, Big Poppy, <laughs> all those guys. He's uh, when Big Poppy retired, our GDP went down like twenty percent. It was a national crisis. But yes, I am. I am, I am Dominican. <laughs> I am Dominican, and uh, I came here. I came to. Uh, yeah. Who's for 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 those of our fans who aren't from the DR and Big don't Poppy. watch baseball, like I said, he's a national. He's our founding father, man. He's the guy. <laughs> he for people who don't know Big Poppy, he <laughs> plays baseball and he hits the ball really hard. And so there's a there's a bridge named after him in Boston. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a whole he's a whole show, man. He's a he's a great. He just hits the ball really hard, and so he's very special to us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> David Ortiz. D David, David Ortiz. Ortiz. Yes, to the, yes. to the uh, lay sorry. person. I, I, that's the, 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 we don't even use that name anymore. That's, 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 we gotta, we gotta, we gotta treat him with respect, man. He's he transcended his own name. It's like a title now, you know. Uh, but anyway, so yes, I am for the Dominican Republic. I came here for. Uh, I came to the United States for college. Um, uh, in my degree, it says I graduated with a degree in data science, but that's a lie. That's just a lie I told my parents because uh, my entire college degree was just like me going out and doing stand-up comedy in New York City. Uh, so I would just, my, <laughs> I went to NYU and every day at NYU, it's just like, how can I piss off my parents? And, and I was just like, I'm going to skip classes and go do stand-up. And that's what I was doing. I was going to be a stand-up comedian. I was like, this is why I came to America. This is fun. Um, I became addicted to, uh, kind of it, in standup. It's kind of like the only art form that you have to, um, fail a lot. Even when you're practicing, you like, you can paint in your room and write in your room and like, uh, do all sorts of art forms in your room, but stand up, you have to like literally go out, uh, like even when you're practicing and do it in public and fail. And so I kind of got addicted to that failing and trying and like iterating and, and, and coming up with things out of nothing. And then uh, I learned about technology when I was in college. I had this internship with this Forbes author who needed a funny guy to write, like, who knew a little bit about business, so he hired me. And um, and I needed, you know, he paid me like in Chipotle bowls or whatever because I, you know, was some dumb enter. And uh, <laughs> and so yeah, I I, I, I learned about technology because in the DR, like kids don't really grow up like you know imagining themselves, you know, doing tech or, or building tech products. So that was like my first. Uh, you know, time that I like learned about tech and, and what it was. And 
And so this, um, I interviewed like a bunch of tech founders, like really cool founders uh, that were based in New York. And the way they described their, their, their process for building products and companies was very similar to what I thought I was doing in standup, which is like, you have an idea, the idea, it might be right, but it's so wrong in so many different ways, like a thousand little ways. And, um, and, and that's what I felt like when I was doing jokes. And so, and, and, and the only way to get the idea to be a product and something that works is like through a lot of failure and trial and error and iteration. And I, and I thought I could get addicted to that as well. And so I launched my first tech company out of college, uh, it was a very. It was our my first crappy startup, and uh, we we did well with that. We made like six figures in annual revenue with it in our first three months, and um, it was just us learning how to sell and how to build products, and uh, and then I had the idea for Rilla. I took all my money and started Rilla, and here we are. Wow! And what, what was Rilla started for? Question again. Like, um, did you start Rilla for specifically for in-home sales in the trades or was it for in-home sales or was it for you know, helping your buddy who's on a date and can never so close? Or? Rilla, uh, <laughs> it, it nothing, nothing to do with those use cases. I, I, talking about dating, one of the first times that I, that I actually started testing Rilla, we needed audio for like face-to-face -face conversations and I would actually use it on all my dates when I was like back dating single in New York. I would like go on Tinder dates and like use Rilla on my dates and be like, I, I just like, hey, I'm going to be recording our conversation and the girls would be like, uh, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I was like, I just, I was like, I just need, <laughs> you, I just you need told audio them. training and <laughs> like okay whatever the dates went horrible but the audio was great for training so anyways uh um no, so, so it wasn't it wasn't dating so the name rilla comes from guerrilla marketing because the idea for rilla my first company was a field marketing management software so if you uh you know the red bull kids that put the uniforms on and they go to college campuses and they hand you red bull a lot of consumer brands use this tactic of like field marketing right and they go and talk to you face to face um my software was used by all these companies all these like consumer companies to do field marketing to manage their field marketing activations and i realized that um the, the big idea for real is that i realized that most of commerce happens offline it doesn't happen e-commerce and uh, there's like billions of conversations that people are having face to face with each other that are uncaptured, that are not providing value to, to the people having them, to, to, to the companies. And so the original idea for Rilla was for brands like Heineken to capture the conversations that they were having on the field with their brand ambassadors, their field marketing brand ambassadors, and turn them into consumer insights so that they could build better products and marketing uh, strategies. So uh, that was the original idea for Rilla. That was in, at the end of 2019. And just like, just like any, any good joke, it starts as a bad joke. And uh, <laughs> so that it, it, there was a lot of failure from the, 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 the end of 2019 to beginning of 2022 before we actually found home services uh, as, our, as our core market that, that, we, that we started launching in. And, and we've been growing. Um, yeah, before, before we found home services, it was not a good time to be at Rilla. And after we did, it was a great time to be at Rilla. So, uh, but that was at beginning of 2022 so almost three years after we started the company so the original idea was not in home services um okay, okay so one of those where yeah. you found your way eventually I, and i gotta say like you know there's uh i can't think of anybody who has a resume with stand-up comedian and tech developer on the same line that's it's the same thing i mean it's it you like i I don't know who it was. Uh, there, there are some CEOs. There's a good CEO, and he's not in home services. He's in home remodeling. But one of the big companies, he used to be a stand-up comic, and he still does stand-up comedy. And there was like a CEO of Twitter at some point. 
uh, was a stand-up comic because it's a lot of the similar things. You're, you're generating ideas all day. Like you literally think of jokes and you're writing some down and you're going out and testing some. And then, and then like that, that uh, friction between the, the idea and the failure and getting the feedback from the crowd, it, that, that's kind of what you're doing all the time when you're building products. So I want to start there with your yeah. personal experience as a comedian, um, because there's something about being in the trades where <clears throat> you have the anxiety of pulling up yeah. to a, a total stranger's house, and you have the anxiety in in yeah. in comedy of going on stage in front of total strangers, and your first thirty seconds is when you yeah. you live or die, right? That opening joke, that opening line, that that introduction, you live and die there. So. What, you know, as, as you've learned and developed and educated yourself through experience in your years in comedy, what can you speak to our industry who has a ton of people who have the anxiety of, you know, the curtain opening up, so to speak, and they're being strange to there and have to instantly build that bonding and rapport so that they don't hate them or kick them out or, or even just like yeah, kind of get uh, bored. So in comedy, I would say it's very different than in in the trades, because uh, in in some ways, right? The, the anxiety is the same thing, and and uh, but the but but in comedy, the, the main difference is that you're monologuing all the time. So uh, and so the advice for the trades, we actually did an analysis of like five hundred thousand sales conversations uh, using RAI of in home conversations, understanding what the top performers do different than everybody else. And, and what you do in comedy is you try to like, you try to give a punchline really quickly so that the, you build that rapport with the crowd. Um, and what you try to do in, in home conversations is actually, um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not quite the same. Uh, what we found on the data is that the top performers uh, uh, that, that are bringing in $3 million, $5 million of revenue to their business every single year, uh, what they do is something that it's kind of the opposite of like starting out like big and, talk, and, and talking a lot. They actually... Uh, we measure this thing called talk ratio, and what we found is that the top performers, the top one percent of performers in the trades, they they talk twenty percent less than than the average uh, performer. So the average uh, technician or comfort advisor, they they talk about um, seventy five to to eighty five percent of the time. The the top one percent, they talk forty five to sixty five percent of the time compared to the customer. And so what they're doing to build that rapport is they're actually trying to listen more than they speak. And there's a lot of tricks that they employ to, to listen, which is, you know, to answer your question, they usually start the conversation with an open-ended question, uh, which gets the other person talking. And they keep employing open-ended questions throughout the entirety of the conversation. And then this we've measured. Like we we actually saw that the top performers, um, they 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 say or or they mention twenty five open ended questions per conversation, whereas the average performers only do that five times per conversation. So, so uh, the, in stand up you typically wouldn't start with an open ended question. So that's that's why I would say it's like it's like. No, that makes a lot of sense. And we actually had uh, Sandy Hine on from the Black Swan Group a couple weeks ago. And she was talking about the power of of open ended questions and how you know instead of instead of asking abrupt questions like why, you know, she would train train and, and turn that into, well, Sebastian, it seems like you might have a reason for saying that, or it seems like you might have a reason for feeling that way. And then pause. And it's an inferred question that then drives deeper and deeper into the actual root yes, of the and so, concern, and, and, the and issue. And we saw that, right? Like uh, with the data, you know, the reason why uh, average performers 
ask five open-ended questions per conversation and not 25, which is five times less, is that they're only trained to do it at the beginning. It's like, oh, what brought us here today? What seems to be the issue? How long have you been living in the home? How long have you had the system, right? Just basic open-ended questions in the survey, right? What the top performers do is they do that, but every time that they're you know, presenting a solution, a different equipment, energy efficiency, whatever it is, they ask open-ended questions there. They, they stop. They, they, they feel the homeowner reacting to something that they say. It's like, oh, it sounds like... Sounds like I hit the mark here. What, what, what about that resonated with you? Uh, oh, it's, I feels like I'm missing the mark here. What, what, what can I, where can I do better? Right. So open-ended questions there. And they also ask open-ended questions. Like you mentioned in the objections, the objections, it's like we measure talk speed as well. And when people deal with objections, the average, uh, technician or comfort advisor, what they do is they accelerate their talk speed. Right, so they were talking, you know, maybe like on 150 words per minute, and they go to like 180. They increase their talk speed significantly, and their patience goes down. And so then, and then they start trying to debate the objection. It's like, oh, the price is too high. Well, you know, you, you consider this, you consider that. You say energy efficiency, all this dust that you're breathing in. It's like dead skin cells, and I start talking. The top performers, what they do is they ask an open-ended question. What do you mean the price is too high? <laughs> what, uh, well, let me understand. What's, how, how does that work for you? Like, what, what, what do you mean the price is too high? And then they start digging into the objection before, like, actually responding. So, like, What's your talk speed, Sebastian? Words per minute. I, I, I measured myself. <laughs> I can actually show you a graph that, that it's pretty consistent. So, <laughs> so. Dude, we've we've got to do an episode where we just like get the permission of the text or the company oh or and just play yeah. text closing yeah. for like four hour oh episode. That would be like ridiculous. Those, yeah. We do uh if if you kept going back through the episodes enough, you'd find that we roll I mean the one thing that probably uh sets this podcast apart is that we role play with top techs all the time. And to yeah. That's not even role play. Like that's real life. It's actually happening. That tech didn't even yeah, know he yeah, was yeah. going to be on the show. Like we'll do like one where it closes and one where it doesn't, and then one where it yeah. closes and then unpack them a little bit. Yeah. All right, you get to work I'll on that. I'll create a right, little buddy? highlight reel so you guys can show at the intro of the show. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. One of us is going to have to do the legwork here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's not going to be I'll, me. I'll get my it's pretty late for Nate. That's, that's my job know. now. I just it's like get on it. <laughs> <laughs> make me a little <laughs> so, awesome awesome yeah yeah yeah. we need some of those you know you know sebastian one of my favorite leaders uh craig grishel uh shared this example before and i think i might have used it a, a while ago on one of our podcasts but he tells the story of a doctor who was examining a patient and of course the patient comes in and he's exhibiting some pain or whatever and the doctor you know is, is going through some questions and all that and he, you know he's like really going after the questions. He's like 20, 30 questions deep. And then finally he makes his, his diagnosis and, and indicates, you know, what the patient needs to do. And the patient out of curiosity goes back to him and just asks like, just out of curiosity, doc, like how long and like, how many questions did you have to ask till you actually knew what was going on? And the doctor said, well, I pretty much knew what was going on before I even started, but I mm. wanted to make sure. And, and mm -hmm. it's just an example of, of how, especially in the trades world where there's a lot of technical minds, a lot of, I'll, I'll say it, a lot of pride in know-how, right? That, that, that we, we balance too heavily that side of the scale and at the risk of, at the risk of the client, their well-being, their emotions, their understanding, and so much more, we don't yeah. ask enough questions 
and instead just go off of our gut instinct or our intellect or whatever. But that's not the point. The point of the questions isn't necessarily to you know diagnose the problem. The point of the question is to create dialogue, to create experience, to dive further into the the X's and O's that the client is experiencing. And that's where, you know, your comedy, that's where your app, that's where all these things can really tie yeah, in. And, 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 and like you said, it's like when you're asking questions to the homeowner, um, what you're doing is you're actually enabling yourself to have a conversation instead of an ad. Like, you know, like people, people hate being sold to, but they love buying things. And so when you allow them to talk, you allow them to say what their problems are, they feel really comfortable because they feel like they're actually being helped by somebody who's actually trying to help them and figure out what it is that they need. Instead of like, here's what I need to sell you. Let me try to figure out what you need. And they dig really deep. And you'll, it, it's like, a, it's like almost like a Jedi mind trick like you're doing. It's like open to questions. It's like en enables you to, to like actually have some, and then this is the first thing that we found. It's like, so we didn't need a, like an insane supercomputer machine to figure this out. Right. But like, it's, it's, it's so funny that that's the first thing that we found after analyzing 500,000 conversations at the top performers, just like literally talking less, asking more open-ended questions, simple stuff that you could do that like could actually raise your conversion rates by like 30 to 40% because you're actually connecting with your, with your clients, you know? Okay, well, we've been dancing around it enough. So you live in New York. I'm sure you're familiar with an elevator or two. Uh, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of an elevator speech. So in 30 seconds or less, yes. what so is Rilla, Rilla? like you guys said, is the leading speech analytics software for the home improvement industry. And what that means is when technicians or comfort advisors or anybody who goes into a home to talk to a customer, they record their conversations in the home with our mobile app using their tablets or their personal phones. And uh, it's not a recording tool, it's an AI tool where uh, we use AI to automatically transcribe, analyze, and give the technician or comfort advisor feedback on how they can talk and what they need to say to improve their chances of serving their customers better and selling. That is what Rilla Voice is. Okay, so the obvious question here, is this lifetime feedback no. <laughs> where the app is actually saying like, er, oh, bad, bad job not there, yet, Frank, don't do that again. That. No, 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 it's not doing that. <laughs> oh, why not? Dude, get ChatGPT on it. It'll write you a code or something. ChatGPT's doing all of my, I, I don't work anymore. ChatGPT's doing all my all my work man, for me. But uh, uh, no, no, so, so what it wow. does is it, um, so it waits for you to finish and then five minutes after you're done, the conversation processes, and then you look at the conversation and the report of what you could have done better in that conversation. Uh, you know, maybe you missed a part of the process that you should have uh, said, or maybe uh, you didn't spend enough time building rapport with the homeowner because it'll understand what, how much time you're spending building rapport. And it'll tell you if you didn't spend enough time building rapport because it knows that the top performers in your team spend 15 minutes building rapport before they go in, uh, into the inspection of the presentation, and you only spend two. So it'll be tracking everything about what you're saying and how you're saying it. Like, like I said, talk ratio, talk speed, right? Patience, how many questions are you asking? It'll track all of these things. And, and what's great about it, I think, it's that it's not comparing you to, to like just some cookie cutter uh, crap that we came up with that of what works or doesn't. It's comparing you to the actual people that are closing uh, uh, deals in your business, the, the top 1%, the Michael Jordans of your business. So, so you get to learn from them and the top performers let, get to learn from each other. Okay. Well, Sebastian, before we get too much farther... The question that I know is sitting on everybody's mind is, 
re- recording my conversation with a client in the house? Are you crazy? Like, I'm not doing that. How, like, how do we even, yeah. how do we even <laughs> yeah, process yeah, yeah. through that? So, so for uh, technicians, comfort advisors, what we have seen after launching with uh, thousands of, 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 of people in the trades is that uh, the top 20% of, of technicians or comfort advisors, they, they absolutely hate this. Uh, at the very onset, they said, this is, this is a violation of the Geneva Conventions. I am not going to be recording my conversations <laughs> in the whole thing. No, I'm not doing this. And, uh, and then people in the middle pack, they are kind of uh, concerned uh, and, and, and leaning towards afraid, but they don't hate it that much. And then the people at the bottom are the people who are new getting into it. Uh, they kind of embrace it uh, uh, much faster. Uh, if you're at the bottom, it's usually because you you want anything that could help you improve because you're just like, please give me, yes. It's like, whatever, man, just record everything. Just help me improve. And uh, and then if you're new, it's kind of like, there's no set expectation. So so you kind of like, okay, this is, this is just what we do, perfect. Um, and so what we see happens, right, um, after five times that you record your conversations, is that um, it's it's almost like a like a switch goes off in in the head of, of our technicians who use Rilla, and they stop being afraid after five times that they record the conversation. Five is like the, the magic number that we've seen. Some people more, some people less, but it's kind of like this fear, this really like big fear. Like the top twenty percent, they really don't like this at the beginning, and I totally understand. Um, but after they record five times, it's almost like like therapy by exposure. Like oh, okay, I recorded one, and then they look at the report and they're like oh. Crap. Oh, I talk 75% of the time. Interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. In- okay. Let me try it again. <laughs> and then they do it and it gives them another feedback. I'm like, oh, I talk- I didn't know I talked that fast. And so then they start getting a little bit more comfortable with it. And then when their team does it, because, because what, if you actually unpack the fears, the fears are always, um, first, I'm going to get fired if I say the wrong thing. Second, uh, you know, my customers are going to be really kind of, uh, my customers are not going to like this, right? My customers are going to be really upset if they know that I'm recording the conversation. Um, and, and those are the two main ones are like, I'm going to say the wrong thing. What if I'm not following the process correctly? Whatever it is, right? When they actually start recording the conversations, uh, what they realize is nobody gets fired because it's a tool that's kind of like an AI coach in your pocket that's trying to give you feedback to help make you better. And so when you record five times, nothing bad happens. You're like, okay, I'm fine. And then after a month of using Rilla, the tool typically works and it works really well by helping people coach themselves and improve themselves. And, and on average, we see our customers improve their conversion rates and average ticket sizes by 30 to 40% on average. And so when that happens, <laughs> when that wow. happens, whatever fear you had, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good way to deal with your fear by having a little bit more money in your pocket. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, find yeah, another yeah, yeah. thing to be afraid and so, of. And, and when we see this Quick happen, lick. like uh, every single time, it's something we expect. Like you know, we, we know how to we know how to uh, help people get through this, but but it happens every single time, and 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 it's there. There's no way to avoid that friction and that natural fear. We know it's there. So. Okay, so just some practical yeah. questions, real quick here. Uh, is it there's, audio there's only no or video, audio and video? Because yeah, there's only audio. Yeah. Okay, so like from a practical application, you would you would like basically run the app while they, you have the phone. Literally, in your you could just like literally start like the recording right before you go into the appointment, and then you press record, put it the phone in your pocket yeah. wherever it's comfortable, and then it's going to capture everything. And we actually have AI models that are trained on on that kind of audio. That sounds kind of noisy. Okay, and then and then as far as like 
who is it comparing it to? Is this something that you would deploy within a business entity or are you comparing yourself against like statewide, nationwide, industry-wide? So, yeah, so all of the data that, that we have is siloed per customer. So you're not going to be compared to another company that's not your company. It's going to be looking at the top performers within your company. Uh, and then it's going to be looking, it's going to be updated based on the CRM, right? So every time that somebody closes a deal or or has closes a deal at a really high price, it's going to be learning what it is that's actually making you close more or your teammates close more and it's going to be giving you feedback based on that so does that mean if i'm a, like a tech and i'm like there's no way i love what you're saying but there's no way the owner of my company would ever do anything like this i'm kind of screwed because i have nobody to Wait, compare it me, to what's the question again like it sounds to me like you're probably making your sale more to the business right. owner or to the gm or something like that the, who's yes. going to deploy it amongst their employees but we have a we have a lot yes. of frontline people who listen to this podcast, and their employer may not necessarily be interested in a tool like this. Or would they still be uh, oh, yeah, eligible yeah, yeah. for, for you sure. know, your application sure. and how it would work? But if that but if they don't have anybody to compare themselves to, because nobody yeah. else in there, yeah. nobody none yeah, of their so coworkers are the same thing. How does that compare work? Compare yourself to Rilla is a is a tool that's what what it's doing is it's like what you guys try to do when you br when you bring the top performers here and you have them role playing. It's a, it's really a learning tool and it's a coaching tool for people to be able to learn from each other. It's kind of like all for one, one for all. If if you think about it, when you when you are going out there and you're and you're in the trades and you're learning. What you're doing is you're learning from every single time that you talk to a homeowner, right? That's what you're doing. You're failing just like I did in stand-up. You, you just go and do a bunch of shows and you fail and you learn and you, and you just keep doing that. Uh, the benefit that I had in stand-up is that I got to watch game film <laughs> from all the top comedians and I studied Dave Chappelle and I studied Richard Pryor and I studied George Carlin and I studied uh, you know, Bill Burr, all these greats. And I was able to study what they did and kind of like try to understand uh, the disadvantage that we have in the trades is the only time we get to do that is when we go to a ride along with somebody. And th those are the very limited times that we get to see that. So what Rilla is doing is instead of you learning from your own experiences, you're actually generalizing the entire intelligence of your entire team and putting it in the palm of everybody's hands. So now if you have a team of five or three or, you know, you're, you're, you're basically, uh, increasing your rate of learning exponentially by three or five or 10 or however many people in, in your team, because the AI is just picking apart what's working for everybody. In, in almost real time, but yes, it's a, it's a tool that works absolutely for teams, uh, not for individuals. So going back to the idea of how do we overcome the initial, like call it fear or trepidation of the client, like, whoa, you want to record me? Can you give us a sample role play of what that introduction of the Rilla app into the home services scenario would sound like like how would you approach the client because a lot of our a lot of our customers uh, not customers a lot of our listeners would operate yes, in a yes. you know a two-party state so to speak where yes where both people need to be yes. aware that recording is going on so how does that conversation sound like with a homeowner when yeah I'm saying, so hey, great I'm question so you. to be clear uh homeowners from what we've seen they're never scared about this. They're, there's never, in the, in the way the, the conversation usually goes, and I'm laughing because I'm going to share a little anecdote that we found out recently, but um, the way the conversation usually goes is, hey, Ms. Homeowner, uh, I'm so-and-so from my plumbing company, and I'm here to, you know, uh, check your, your, your system, your unit, or whatever it is, and, and just so you know, I will be recording our conversation to make sure I don't miss anything for quality and security purposes, if that's okay with you. Most people, they literally say like, oh yeah, my, my toilet's over there, or you know, my, my HVAC unit's outside, like go do what you gotta do. Like most, most homeowners uh, have literally, 
it almost lends credence to the fact that you're coming from a reputable company. You're coming from like a, an organization that like really cares a, a, about standards and, and, and stuff like that. And it's not just some like person who's coming into your home. So, so, so yeah. So, so does this just kind of, uh, melt into the, the same pot as they hear on the phone? Hey, you know, when, when it first started happening that people would say yes. this, this call same may thing. be recorded for quality purposes. Like I remember being alive when that started happening and going like, oh yeah, and and people would just hang up. Like when was it, <laughs> Brian? When was that? Was that 1950 or? <laughs> How dare you attack me in front of our new friend here, bro? Come on, you're better than that. He's a stand-up um, comedian. He gets it. So, is, is it just that kind of thing? Like you do you say it? Is it almost like reading the the. Uh, warning label on the prescription drug at the end of the commercial where you drop your voice and go ahead just so you know or are you really trying to have that conversation and make sure that client so i wish i could literally aware? play you a clip but i can't because my microphone's all like you know connected but i could literally play you a clip it's like literally what i said it's like oh just so you know i'm going to be recording a conversation make sure i don't miss anything that's okay with you and they're like oh yeah okay we'll go over uh, we have some customers in, in california that like do longer sales appointments with like the comfort advisors and we even have some customers that half the technicians or the comfort advisors literally sign off with the customer saying that the customer is okay, you know, and like some of the big brands that come and fix your cable and your Wi-Fi, they already have their their reps recording their conversations for actual quality and training purposes because they want to make sure that they're they're following their process and so on and so forth. And the anecdote that I was laughing about, mm. we recently had a really large brand. They showed us a clip uh, from one of their conversations. The 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 sales rep says, um, "Hey, just so you know, Mrs. Homeowner, we're going to be recording our conversation today." And the homeowners are like. Oh, just so you know, I'm recording you too. And then the guy goes like, yeah, yeah, no, I, like I said, we are recording. And she's got, no, 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 no. I'm recording you on this side also. And he goes, oh, <laughs> oh, what? And she goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, and if you think about it, when you go to people's homes, they're recording everything with their cameras, with their ring, with their, so, so you're already, um, so yeah, people, it, it's kind of the exact same expectation that when you go to the call center, of course, my call is going to be recorded for quality and training purposes. So from the customer side, we have never seen any pushback. We actually have data. Uh, our customers in California, which is a two-party consent state where you do have to disclose to the homeowner that you're recording a conversation, less than 2% of homeowners say that they don't want to get the the, the recording. They, less than 2% say, like, I don't want to get the recording. What, it, what, Arizona, what is Arizona? We don't have a lot of data uh, from Arizona. Uh and, oh, like what is, is Arizona one party, party or two party? Arizona is a one party consent state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, of course. I had a Cox guy in here recently. Now I'm going to start <laughs> patting him down and waving the wand yeah. around him. Um, so, let, okay, so that's that sounds great from the homeowner's perspective. And, and we could actually role play that a little bit to uh, just give a little pushback and yeah. see how you, you um, handle those objections. And that would be great. But from the technician yeah. standpoint, which we really haven't uh, dove too too deeply in, I'm I'm a tech, and let's say, for the sake of argument, I'm sure everyone who listens to this show loves yeah. their service managers <laughs> and their uh, team leaders and their and their ops managers. But let's just say I I'm not a huge huge fan of my of Nate, <laughs> my uh, service manager, yeah. and he's the guy who will typically go over these yeah. go over these recordings with you. Well, I'm someone who's very relational, right? And you maybe 80% of calls, you go in, you stick with your typical, yep. you know, your, your roundabout script and you get the job done or not uh, and you, you get out of there. But maybe 20% of those clients, yes. like I'll really connect with, 
Like it ain't happening unless I do. And then for me personally, maybe I'm not comfortable to, and, and I won't present until I'm comfortable mm-hmm. until that anxiety wall is gone. And, and, and there are times when it's gotten very personal and, and very, um, almost therapeutic on both sides before you even forget you're on a sales call, you know, yeah. you just made a real good friend here and it's not conversations. And I've been at places with, uh, certain people I won't name any names, but where I, mm-hmm. I would be very uncomfortable with my manager hearing those conversations. And it would probably even change how I, how I move forward in some of those conversations and presentations, because I'd be thinking in the back of my head, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Nate's going to hear yeah. this. No, no, sir. <laughs> oh, and I would, Brian, and I would yeah. an- analyze it to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure you would. And use it yeah. against me and beat me over the head with it. <laughs> and post it on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I so, thought so, you were going uh, to... I mean, he's basically asking the question, like... What? Yeah, so so is this... No, sorry, that that is the okay, question, okay. despite ending in a period. Uh, is 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 that is that something you've run across? Is that an objection you hear from, from oh, yeah. the company standpoint or from the tech standpoint? Yeah, 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 standpoint? but 1,000%. And, and uh, it's not only something that we hear, it's something that we see happen. It does happen. It happens all the time where people... It's... Uh, People knowing that they're being recorded, there's a thing for it in psychology. It's called the Hawthorne effect. Uh, when you know that you're being reviewed or studied by somebody or recorded, your senses get heightened. And so it's like in, um, in psychology, they figure this out because they were trying to run like experiments. And they noticed that when the participants knew that they were being recorded, their answers would change. So behavior would change. So they, they, that's why the whole like double blind experiment where people don't know that they're, you know what I mean? Like they, they, people, they have to put a veil on, on knowing whether they're being studied or recorded because people's behavior does change, right? But what the Hawthorne effect found was that after a few hours of people knowing that they're being studied or reviewed or recorded, uh, the effect kind of goes away because your mind can't keep that uh, heightened sense for that long. So what, what typically oh, would happen, okay. Ryan, in your example, you'd be worried like, oh my God. And the first few times that I mentioned, like the first five times, you'd be like, Nate is definitely going to listen to this. Oh my God. Ah, he's going to put it in the podcast. I hate you, Nate. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to see a, a, a real version of that, it's, it's, you, yeah. you do role play with a bunch of texts and you watch them yeah, the first yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 seconds yes, they're up there. Yes. Train wreck. Right. And eventually they just start having a conversation with the person standing in front of them and the crowd ceases to, well, not me because I'm always yelling how they're doing it wrong, but the crowd kind of ceases to exist. And well, even yesterday, like yesterday morning, we, we do our role play Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday at the company I'm at now, it's (laughs) actually called PTSD Tuesday that I dubbed it. It's a presentation (laughs) training and, uh, presentation training and simulation day because I wanted it to, uh-huh. to, to be the acronym PTSD. Um, and we, we, so I have a rule in, in, uh, role-playing that the highest yeah. rank in the room has to go first. Now it's not always me if I'm the highest rank. So, uh, you know, not the same person every week, but yesterday it just so happened to be the owner of the company. Mike Brewer was sitting in the, uh, Oh, in the chairs, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he and and he's the he's a very uh like he's a credibility guy, you know. He's an accountability guy. So when I looked over and said, "Hey, sorry, boss, but you know we got a rule," he just hopped right up out of his seat, and you know later said that I'm I'm not going to expect the text to listen to Brian and do what Brian oh, says if God. I'm not going to do it myself. 
but he crushed the role play, right? But in the beginning, you yeah, could see his like he's yeah. kind of squeezing his fingers to his palms. He's like standing, and then about five, ten seconds yeah, in, in we ceased so. to exist. Uh, and to his credit, though, man, we were out to dinner last night. And <laughs> I'm just, I just wanted to bring this up to give him kudos. And we were to dinner with some folks last night that he told the story to, and he said, not only has he never run a sales call before, yeah. because he's a new construction guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's never role played before. Two. <laughs> that was the first time he ever role played. But the first at sixty years old, never run a sales call, never role played in the presence of some some very good role playing techs already. Um, he was a little nervous for probably yeah. faster than most people, but for a few seconds, and then it just yeah. it just melted away. And it's ex exactly what you're talking about. Your brain cannot keep it's in time. mind, keep in mind, keep in mind that there's someone listening. You yeah. just you just kind of fall into the role. So, yeah, that's a good that's a great answer to that question. So it's, I guess, can you as a technician yeah. in that call say, "I don't yeah. want this call listened to"? Not only the right, do you have the, the right to do yes, that? Yes, the technical uh, capability. You just like going and you stop the recording. Yeah, he's just like, whoop. Nope, <laughs> he's just like, I'm not going to play. Uh, had, yeah. to, had to pitch a little heat on that yeah. one. Uh, I don't want no, anybody to hear like, what I told like, him to get him to buy it. like, listen, Mrs. Omar, there's going to be this type of golf. Swipe away. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. If you call in, you call in, you ask for Sebastian, you demand a discount, you're going to get it. You're going to get the discount. Like, stop the recording. Just don't no, tell him totally I told stop you. Stop the technician's always in control of whether they start or stop the recording. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's helpful to know. So I, let's talk about uh, mm -hmm. what the, the end result looks like. So you run the call, you know, you're recording. Um, yeah. well, first of all, can you like pause the recording? Because, you know, in theory, we would have like conversation with the homeowner and then do, you know, yeah. 60 minutes of work and then come back to the homeowner and like, okay. So assuming that we do that, we wrap up the call and everything. And then you're yes. saying we get analysis afterwards, right? So the analysis is the analysis like a word for word script that's literally printing out or is it just like numbers and suggestions uh, you talk to yeah. us about what that yeah, actually absolutely so looks what like. the the transcription is there and you could obviously listen to the recording if you want to and it's all transcribed um and and not only transcribed but uh we're, we have all of our AI built on top of uh, GPT chat with GPT-4, right? Uh, uh, which is like the new model of, of GPT chat. And, and what we do is we summarize the conversation so you can see a summary of the conversation. So for instance, a lot of our techs, they literally use Rilla instead of taking notes, they just put the summary on their on their service titan or their or their crm they literally just use that summary because the summary will literally say like oh in this appointment the technician offered uh you know a certain promotion at this price and gave this discount for this system and it literally summarizes all the key points automatically right because it takes the transcription summarizes it so, but beyond that what it does is it analyzes the conversation and it it first tells you okay here's the points that you should have hit that you did hit and here's the points that you didn't hit that you should have hit right and talking about uh you know training and processes right so if, if your company has some process or if you have a process that you've inputted into rilla for rilla to benchmark you against that rilla is literally going to give you a score it's going to tell you like hey you hit you know 80 percent of the points that you were supposed to hit to follow your process to keep yourself consistent right and that's the first number that you see then you see the how to talk metrics 
how long did I talk for, my talk ratio, my talk speed, my patience, my interactivity with the customer. It gives you that and it gives you feedback. It gives you green or yellow. Did you do well? Did you do poorly? Um, and then it tells you also how much time you spent on each key area as well. So it, it, it kind of breaks the conversation down into numbers that you can review very quickly. So back to the summary piece, you're saying that it gives you like your, your pointers about, you know, how much time you spend in each process and whether you hit, yes. whether you hit all the steps of your process. I mean, there's, you know, there's dozens and dozens yeah. and dozens of variations yes. of processes out there. So how we do things in Pennsylvania versus how Brian does things in Arizona yes. versus New York versus plumbing versus heating versus electrical versus, you know, <laughs> whatever those electricians do, whatever. But, you know, like <laughs> how, how, how did like, do we program that into your app prior to doing things or does Both, your app right so, so like what you basically like? if you have a sales process or you have a service system uh you can literally upload that into rilla and we'll actually use uh chat gpt to like break it down and say like hey chat gpt from this document i want you to pull out all the key topics that are supposed to be hit and then it takes literally like a second to like just upload it into Rilla, break it down with AI, and then every conversation that comes forward is going to be benchmarked against that process that you uploaded into the tool. So, so you will, and you can have multiple processes in your same company because you have plumbers, you have uh, service techs, you have comfort advisors, you have maintenance techs, whatever it is, you can have a different process for each. So, um, I like I like where we're at. I feel like we've we've uh, we still we still want uh, crusty old Kyle client Nate to. Uh, Mail Karen Nate to um, role play for us, but mail Karen Nate. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Well, you know, if you decide to be, buddy, you can mail Karen Nate barely yeah. and turn into that client. <laughs> yes, Nate can be a pretty Nate can be a pretty hard <laughs> customer when he decides to. Be. Okay. <laughs> the pushback Let's is legendary. Um, but but before we do, I I do want to say that we have uh we have some friends in very large companies that are on Rilla and I don't I don't want to say who they are be, all of them because I didn't ask permission although I texted yeah. a few just now and haven't got a response back yet I mean before the show obviously I would never <laughs> never use my phone during a, a, a recording ever. obviously so um but Shane Belzer who's been on the show before and and one of our most downloaded episodes yeah. ever because he's a monster yeah, um from FH Fur they they use it and he he did get back to me and say we could absolutely talk about it and he's actually the main reason that we had you on because he first told me about it before i had ever heard about it and they were yep. getting ready to go live i believe and he said from the from the yeah. just the demo they were blown away like you're not just talking about recording the conversation and going back to sit down with a manager who's going to beat the crap out of you because you didn't do it right but it's like metrics and yeah. everything you've talked about so far. And then I talked to him a month after and he's like, it's just a total game changer, total game changer. And he's really, he and everyone at FH for are really impressed with how this software works. So I, I did want to give you the kudos there, even though I told you before the episode, <laughs> don't expect this to be a real commercial because <laughs> you didn't pay us, bro. You, <laughs> you got to close me, man. Ask me more open. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did want to. I did want to kind of throw in the uh, kudos there as we're, we're no, that, that leaning heavy good, on the other side. I can so. take it. <laughs> All right. So, so um, I'll be the tech. I'll I'll 
just kind of I'm a brand new tech at doing this. I'll I'll uh, go through the disclaimer with Nate real quick, and and he can push back on me, and you just tell us where we need to go That's, from the pushback. That sounds amazing. Does Let's that sound do good? You'll be the coach. All right, ready, buddy? Yep. All right, Karen. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that <laughs> um, um, right, get out of my house. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Kyle, I meant Kyle. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know before we get started, as for quality assurance is part of the process, we record the call here today. So I'll be able to, I mean, do you go no, into wire or like, do you oh, just say just it Just so you know, before I get started, I'm going to be recording our conversation today. All right. Just so you know, before we get started, I'll be recording our conversations today. Would you mind showing like, me where the water heater is? Are you wearing like a body cam or like what's going on here? No, no, just a uh, audio recording device. No, no video whatsoever. Really, just for training purposes. Part of it is we at we want to make sure we give you the best quality job possible. So we'll go back to the shop and train on it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I feel comfortable with that, Brian. I mean, you know, I I don't want something that I say today to be used against me or something you know this feels rather legal oh okay i perfectly understand when you when you called into the shop for service did they let you know that the conversation was going to be recorded i think i remember that yeah like you know teleprompter or whatever that came across yeah, it's, the, the phone. it's pretty yeah. common right or is yeah. that something you're used to right this is the exact same thing nobody's looking to hold something against you it's it's a hundred percent for training purposes they want to make sure that I'm doing as good a job as I could possibly do for you today. And frankly, I want to make sure that I am. And if I do something that's not perfect, I want to be able to hear it and correct it in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I can wrap my head around that. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I, so, right, so I wouldn't, what do, you got I wouldn't for do it that long. I would just say like, <laughs> oh, uh, so, so like the way I would say it is like, oh, just, you know, I'm going to be recording our conversation today for quality and training purposes. That's okay with you. Where's the water here? Exactly. Just like you said. And it was like, oh, what do you, what? And I was like, and, and instead of saying like explaining the reasons for you, you explain the reasons for the homeowner. So it's like, oh, so I totally understand. So my company, they want to make sure that we're following the best brand standards for our customers. And if you want, I can share the conversation with you after the fact. So you and I are both aligned on everything we talked about today. And, uh, but if you don't oh, want to, wow. uh, record a conversation, totally fine. I can just stop the recording for now. It's just a, a benefit that we have for our customers to make sure that we're all aligned and that's it. Well, I like that oh, okay. better. See. Brian, we're going to have to put up another poll on the Facebook page. Uh, who did the <laughs> play? I'm go well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get a solar guy in here next week to role play? We'll be having no practice whatsoever. Like, like first you're doing club memberships. Like, I don't sell that, bro. I'm a plumber. I sell big stuff. You know what I mean? He starts role playing solar. And was like, where does the sun come from? Like the east or the west? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. okay so i mean yeah I, I, so that makes perfect sense especially when you can when you can just pull the yeah, time just, out thing and say hey yeah, if you're it, not comfortable it, with it we don't have to do it i'll turn this yeah. off i'll take it out and set it if in the, the truck owner tells you don't do it you're we'll just, just like okay swipe you know why that's good? It, it's even better for the tech than the homeowner because as a tech, if, if that's in my in the back of my head where I can just go, hey, no big deal. If, if it's not something you want to do, we won't do it. Now I can rest easier 
and not sit with this anxiety where when I get back to the shop, Sebastian's <laughs> going to you know verbally assault yeah. me if I didn't get the recording. Or I have to sit here and fist yeah, fight yeah, yeah. the client to get it done. So that makes me feel like, okay, rest easy. And I bet you in the beginning, maybe the first month, you probably have a few calls that don't get recorded. But then as it goes on, yeah. it becomes part of what they do. And they're probably yeah. rarely getting one that's not recorded. Yeah, Brian, if you were listening earlier to the podcast, which I doubt you were, he did say about five times is the yeah. magic number until mm. somebody gets comfortable. What, what podcast? The, the, other one, the other one. Oh, crap, we're recording? You, you were probably texting all your you know, Rilla users and asking yeah. if you could uh, say their names, but that's fine. Anyways, uh, so Sebastian, uh, as we start bringing things in for a landing here, I'm curious in terms of the overall analytics mm -hmm. that you have learned uh, from the home services industry. So you mentioned closer to the top of the show uh, that one of the biggest uh, determiners of success is is really talking mm -hmm. less. Uh, and, and you know, you said talking about twenty mm percent -hmm. less, if I recall, and using you know open ended questions. What other distinguishers have you mm -hmm. come up with, or have have you maybe mm -hmm. even have you been surprised at? in terms of the learning that you're gathering from all this data and then a, a, yeah, applying it back uh, into the field. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about a few and then uh, one that I was actually surprised by. Um, so uh, open into questions, uh, uh, talk ratio, um, talk speed, the top performers and the average reps, their talk speed is kind of similar when they start the conversation but the uh, top performers remain steady throughout the conversation, the exact same talk speed. Uh, and the average reps, their talk speed goes much higher towards the final third of the conversation because that's when they start dealing with objections and they don't know. And then they start getting nervous and they start talking faster. And the top performers mm. slow down. Haven't slow practiced down enough. Like, oh, what do you mean the price is too high? Let me understand that. What do you mean you can't get this done? Because like, oh, you don't want the replacement. And they start trying to understand and slow it down. Um, and uh, uh, talk time. We measure talk time. How much time is the... Uh, technician or comfort advisor spending talking to the homeowner in total. And uh, there is actually a really strong positive correlation between how much time you're spending in that home and in increasing your close rates and increasing your average tickets. The more time you can earn with that homeowner, uh, the, 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 the higher your chances of closing, right? Um, and so that's another one. And, and the reason why the top performers are able to spend a little bit more time in the home, it's usually, you know, comfort advisors, we're talking like more than an hour, more than an hour and a half, almost two hours in the home uh, to make a presentation sometimes. Um, the reason they're able to do that is going back to what we talked about. They don't spend an hour and a half just like verbally assaulting the customer with their words <laughs> just, it's not like like two hours of it like wait there's more my plumbing system is energy efficient and it's powered by the sun and i'm gonna tell you one more thing it's, it's not that it's just like having a conversation asking open-ended questions and then uh two more things uh about what the top performers talk about we found that the top performers mention uh discovery in their presentations company story uh, in financial terms, uh, two times, three times, and six times more on average than the average performers. So, uh, so you know, when people talk about financing, whether you need financing, actually, the data does suggest that offering financing, and not only offering it, but spending time talking about how your customer is going to pay for this project in their home, uh, talking about it and spending a significant amount of time talking about it, actually significantly increases your chances of closing. 
Um, and, um, and then the final one, uh, and we have a lot of data about this, but the final one that I was surprised by, do, do you guys do company stories yourselves? You guys have like a company story as part of your presentation. No, I, at least in our in our area, we focus more on credibility of the technician themselves. So we would say things like, you know, I've been in the trades for 15 years. Mm -hmm, Before mm -hmm, I was in the mm -hmm. trades, I graduated technical school and I've always been the type of guy who was tearing apart the lawnmower and all this stuff. I'm more than confident I can take care of whatever I see today. Um, the company may factor into it a little bit, but because we're dealing with an individual right. tech with an individual homeowner, I, I think we see more more value to the guy right now in front of me, as opposed to the company that's backing him up. But we do also loop in the fact that, and by the way, if you happen to be the one out of a thousand situations that I haven't seen before, there's about two dozen guys that I can call right now who will be able to walk me through something and, new and, and exciting and so, today. And when do you guys do that in your process typically? First five minutes, yes. So, okay, First perfect. five minutes. So that's the, that's the standard kind of operating procedure. We mentioned company story or a little bit about ourselves or our personal story at the beginning. What we found is that the absolute top one percenters of the entire country across different markets, different product lines, right? They actually, it's not that they don't mention the company story or their personal story at the beginning. They do, but they actually spend more time talking about it at the end of the conversation after they've talked about financing terms. So it's almost like they circle back to it. So on average, the timing for company stories shows up later in the conversation than, than at the beginning because they're spending a lot of time leaning into it once they give the price and once they start dealing with those objections, they lean into the fact uh, uh, of their company, of their own story, of why the homeowner might be paying a higher price for this product uh, versus a competitor. You know what I mean? So they, they, it actually comes up later in the conversation. Very yeah. interesting. That's that's definitely new to me. Could you uh, give yeah. us give us a sample conversation of what that that uh, you know loop Absolutely. back around so, to so credibility? Say like, okay, so it's going to be twenty thousand dollars to replace this um, this entire system. It's like, oh my gosh, it's twenty thousand dollars. I was not expecting. That's way too high. I was like, oh wow. What about the prices? Uh, seems high to you. It's like, oh well, we had a you know we had another contractor come out here two weeks ago and they looked at it to repair it. And, you know, they said said most is going to cost us five thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars that's way out of budget i was like god i got it it's like you don't mind me asking who was this contract was like, what do you know him from oh it was your cousin i see it was your oh your cousin's wife was like just got into the i see you just got into the trades and she's just she comes from uh what's her business oh it's just a solo operated business just her i see i see and so she and does she have any warranty with that does she have any insurance does she have any financing with us got it got it so so at least we, we totally so i i, I totally understand uh, you know, in the trades, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people claiming a lot of things. And so we like to do businesses, you know, we have, we've been a longstanding, reputable business in the area. So we go, all these customers that we have, uh, what you're paying for is you're paying for the insurance that this actually will work and that you won't have to come back and repair it, you know, because it's going to break down because, you know, a lot of contracts. And then they go back and start leaning into the fact that they're a reputable company, credibility, credibility, credibility at that critical moment in the conversation. And they're spending more time in that part than at the beginning when they introduce it okay the way the way you presented that now that makes a lot more sense i've definitely heard that strategy deployed uh, specifically in objections when they're talking about you know things like price and stuff like that 
and you can bring in, you know, our yeah. availability because we are a large company, our pricing structure, which allows us to support, you know, 24-7 service and 24-7 phones and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that makes a lot more sense. And that definitely is something that a novice, uh, I would feel is um, yeah. unskilled. Yeah, the, the average rep will just follow the around. process, introduce it at the beginning if they're doing a good job. Then it takes that top performer to bring it full circle and be like, they built the story with the homeowner as to why it is that and the value, right? In that critical moment. So, All right. So uh, I want to know, uh, Sebastian, as we're closing things out here, how, how smart is the AI that you're running? So a typical idea of what communication breaks down is, you know, 55% in the body no. language. Well, obviously we're yes. not recording video, so we're losing that. So the AI is only listening to the remaining two parts, which 38% is tonality and 7% is words. Now we know that it's tracking the words, but is it smart enough so to understand it's, tonality? It's not tracking tonality. It's tracking metrics about how you're saying things. Because tonality, when you actually put it down in numbers, it's actually quite a difficult thing to even define what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it your pitch? Is it like, how, how do you, like, like literally to tell a computer, hey, measure this tone. Like, how do you even score tonality from a one to a 10, from one to a hundred? Like, how do you, low, high, medium? Like, it, it's, it's a very... And, and people mean different things when they mean tonality, right? Um, and, and if you hear people describing tonality, they usually describe it like with words qualitatively. So, so what we measure is things that can actually be quantified uh, easily. So like your talk speed, your, your pitch, right? Your, your, like whether it's high or low, and there's actually a measure for pitch, right? Uh, we can measure your interactivity with the customer. How much back and forth are you, are you generating per minute, right? Your patience, how long are you waiting to reply to a question? Or, you know, like our patient scores is in seconds, right? So like if you have patient score of less than 0.5 seconds, it means that you're interrupting a lot because you're not letting people finish their sentences. And so that's, those are the, th we do measure a lot of the things about how people are saying things, but not, but not tonality. That's a funny thing. I was just thinking about tonality. Like, imagine trying to track Gilbert Gottfried's tonality, right? Like, like is he is he angry? Is he happy? Is he sad? It's like, it's I, I don't the know. The AI just outputs parrot. Uh, that's the label. <laughs> like, I told you to buy this equipment. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, this has been excellent, Sebastian, and really appreciate you sharing so openly. Uh, it, it's a this is one of the most innovative things that I've Thank heard you. in our industry in quite Thank some you, time. So kudos to you on that. Um, if people, if people are interested and they're looking for, uh, you know, the next step here, do yes. you guys offer like dem demonstrations or, you know, what, what yeah, does that so, kind of, uh, you go to like rillavoice.com. That's R I L L a voice.com. And you click on the little book a demo link and you put your details there. And you will be put in touch with one of our highly trained sales consultants who have been trained using the latest in AI technology. So you will be, <laughs> you will be able to see for yourself. <laughs> so, well, that's a good question. Do you deploy the software yes, on your that's how sales? I, I, before I go to bed, I start, I start looking at everything. Absolutely. My sales reps can tell you. Yes. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> uh, well, Another interesting question. So, I mean, we focused on this a lot from a technician standpoint, but obviously anybody in the trades yeah. has a, a call center or, you know, one CSR, yeah. their mom's answering their phones or something like that. Yes. Can this also be yes, deployed can. in a call center setting? Oh, very cool. And it would provide the same types of analytics, especially if we're selling 
club memberships yes. or something it, like that it's over gonna the phone? score it it's gonna tell you what you're doing right what you're doing wrong compare you to top performers as well so same thing oh wow amazing stuff Yo. man cutting edge stuff there sebastian fantastic uh before we close out here just gotta ask you one more question uh tell oh, us your top comic I will say, okay, old, old guard, Dave Chappelle. And I, I recently, I saw the Shane Gillis, man. I saw his special on Netflix. That guy is so, I, I haven't laughed that hard at a comedy special since I watched Dave Chappelle's Killing Them Softly uh, back in the early 2000s. Shane, Shane Gill is wow, really funny. Uh, yeah, I, that's I a just watched his special. It was like really good. So up and coming comics, I would say Shane Gillis is really funny. That guy's really funny. Yeah, dude, All right. so funny. I'm check that out tonight. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, you're definitely bringing to the table some up and coming stuff yourself. And I'm not just talking about comedy, but this could be some really good stuff for the industry. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Sebastian, I mean, F- so F- much. F-H-Fur Thank you so by much. Themselves, they're, they're, uh, Pushing yeah. for two hundred million this year. I don't know how much how much of that has to do with uh, all the credit. All this of- new train. This is. Th- I mean, this is really and 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 I do want to point out like what how revolutionary this will be if you're if you're if your technician and your customer are are fine with this right and and that we move forward in this direction. How revolutionary will it be? Forget about the coaching, just for the technician to get into the truck and go, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. how did I lose that? And then go, oh, let me find out and just play it right back for themselves. I, every tech I know, like not every, not like average tech, but every high produ- producing tech I know, every tech that I've come up with who was, you know, part of the crew of guys who are trying to just always trying to get better, trying to figure out a way. We said it all the time, man, if only we could record our conversations and and play it back because you have a feeling of what happened when you lost the person, but you just don't really know. And now you're going to find out. And I want to, I just want to say this last point before we wrap up that thing that you just mentioned about like the technician, if you move forward with this, it could be a game changer. A lot of AI technologies that are being developed right now are going to be developed in the area of replacing human beings at their core functions. And there's a lot of AI that's like coming out just like to replace human beings at what they do. And one thing AI can't replace still is just literally, you know, plumbers and HVAC technicians going who can open doors and shake a hand and take pictures and like, you know, be out there in the, in the real world. And so... <laughs> Notice he didn't mention electricians there. <laughs> yes. uh, so, so anyway, so so the the idea is that w- we believe that AI can also be applied applied to to make human beings bionic at what they do to enhance their natural capabilities and make them way better at at, at doing their their core functions. And so, I think we're part of that uh, uh, trend. And and um, what you just said, it's like if you can make your your technicians twenty to forty percent better in just a matter of months. Because they have an AI coach in the pocket. That's that's kind of our, our goal. So, yeah. Dude, you got to add that to the elevator yeah, speech, man. Yeah, we, we create we, bionic. Our goal is to man. actually make tradespeople bionic. We actually have that. And our, it, we, yeah, the sales managers and service managers <laughs> and technicians, it. we want to make uh, you guys bionic. So, love it. 
Well, Sebastian, it's been so good to have you on. Make sure you check him out at rillavoice.com. That's R-I-L-L-A voice.com. It's been good to have you on, man. Exciting stuff. Thank you you so much for sharing with us today. It was a fun time. Thank you. Good talking to you, man. Hey, that's a wrap for this podcast. Hope you enjoyed the time with Sebastian. It is exciting to hear stuff like that on the cutting edge. And I think in terms of what the industry is uh, is evolving into, this could be a big part of it. And we're always looking for ways to get better. And what better way to get better than listening to yourself and having a really smart computer analyze what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. If you're truly embracing the concept of Waste No Day, this could be a great product or resource to make that happen and to make it happen a lot faster than it would organically. So I encourage you to check that out, see if it's right for you. And as always, we appreciate your feedback on not only this episode, but all of the things that we're bringing to you on Waste No Day. We want to leave you now with our weekly challenge, which remains the same, to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day.